This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to another episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today we are uh, we are joined by uh, an, an amazing lady called Jitanjali. I got that right. Did I get that right? Close, close. Gitanjali with the you know, yeah, Jit. Oh, get for guitar. We knew it, didn't we? Say yeah. we, we <laughs> so, so we just start again. Let's just start again. <laughs> Gitanjali. Oh goodness. Nice. Um, well said. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, Gitanj or, or Gita, um, for short. Um, yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're here, and why um, people should probably get your name right. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, why should they get my name right? Why not? It doesn't matter. I mean, as I always say, you can call me anything, just don't call me late for dinner. So yeah, I'm fine with that. Although potentially it does. I mean, I'm half Indian, so there is a kind of heritage bit to it. Um, so I always love meeting Indian people, whether it's in property or otherwise, because in fact, I was schooled on how to say my name by an Indian person in my 20s. He's like, no, oh, you say Gitanjali. Then he taught me how to say my name. I think I was 21 at the time. So um, Gitanjali or Gita, either or. Um, why should they know my name? Who am I? Who am I? Existential <laughs> crisis in the middle of a podcast. Um, I am an executive coach. I have a people development company called High Definition U. Um, we have a property portfolio as well. Um, but really the main mission for me is to really awaken, and Joe knows this a bit more, um, might take some explanation, but to awaken the possibilist in you so that you can be more curious than afraid, whether you're living, loving, leading, or indeed investing in property. Um, yeah, because I'm kind of done with the optimist tag, definitely done with the perfectionist tag, never had the pessimist tag, don't want to go there. And my husband, <laughs> professed uh, realist also not not particularly valuable in our world so if we can open up the possibilities and we can by being more curious than afraid then that's when truly we can have this really incredible human experience so that's what we do with organizations with individuals with executive coaching with training programs and just really pulling people aside on the street and lecturing to them. That's basically what I do. I just them and I'm like, you will be a possibilist now. No, I try not to do that because it's close to getting arrested, I think, if I do that. So I'm trying not to. <laughs> How to Don't win friends. <laughs> What's that, Niall? How to win friends and influence people. Just pull exactly. them off the street. <laughs> I read that book and I did an addendum to it. I'm like, mm, I think there's something missing here and it's me on a soapbox. That's what's missing. <laughs> No, I think it's brilliant. I think it's so amazing what you do. And, you know, for listeners out there who are probably thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know, how does this correspond to property? It's just so linked to property because the biggest thing that we see, certainly with students who are learning the industry, is it's the mindset stuff, right? It's, it's themselves that become their biggest obstacle, not the bricks and mortar that they're assessing or, or you know, the, the area that they're, they're doing their research on. 
So like when it comes to the possibilist and that element of, around what you talk about, like, do you find that you draw in like clients who are in property or is it that just more of a coincidental thing because you're linked to property yourself? Yeah, I think it's probably coincidental, although I think there's a link. Um, what people respond to is the conversation about um, it not being about thinking positive. Yeah, right. Because also, I think that can be an insidious part, not just of the property industry, but any industry of kind of, oh, well, just be positive. Come on, you know, um, think positively, reframe that negative thought into a positive, And then, you know, then everything's going to be okay. Like, come on, pull it together, you know, get to the next deal, get to the next auction. And, and actually, that for me is really, really destructive because it's not the human design. It's not how we're meant to navigate this experience. And the minute we're labeling it as positive or negative is the minute we're outside of what it is that actually creates our experience. So that for me is quite dangerous. And I hear it a lot in, in the property world. I hear it a lot in you know other industries as well. But um, you know, I know if I can just be a bit more positive about things, things will turn around, things will turn around. And then you're off on a track where the locus of control is is outside of you right and I call it outsourcing your well-being like you're outsourcing your well-being to the next deal landing to getting the right price at an auction to getting rid of that tenant that you know did something untoward shall we say <laughs> we don't need to go into too many details oh we did that on the last oh, no, episode. No, no, I, saw yeah. That. Yeah. I saw that yeah <laughs> all girls cats and something else um but uh you're outsourcing your well-being right whereas a possibilist it's there's you're completely whole and your well-being is innate your resilience which we talk a lot about you know whether it's in property or other industries is is built in it's the navigation system that's built in it's the inner gps so for me when i'm talking with clients again whether it's property or otherwise it's about how do we unlock the potential not by being more positive or not being negative being more optimistic or, you know, I don't want to be pessimistic about the outlook, whether it's macro or micro, um, then that's a conversation that we can actually, um, well, I or my coaches can be a catalyst for, right? Unlocking mm. something that the whole point is they don't know it yet. Yeah, because it's it's almost like they don't realise what's possible. You know, like that's the exactly. whole point. It's kind of built into the system. But <laughs> yeah. what's interesting to me, and, and, and I see this again and again in property and in my own property journey as well, is um, we have attached this very strange negative significance to the unknown. It's just not known yet. Yeah, but the uncertainty, right? And mm. Matt's laughing, right? It's... It's uncertain until it's certain. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, in fact, that... certainty is is probably the minority. Is like you know, every most things are unknown, most things are uncertain. Yeah. So actually, that is the majority of life. Mm. And yet, somehow, we have been um, kind of built this myth, been sold this myth Brainwash. that. that yeah, brainwashed exactly your brain does get a wash by the way when you go to sleep but you know that's a separate topic it shrinks down and gets a wash with cerebral spinal fluid it's really cool, so um, cool. i'll be seeing you later i need a wash you need a wash i was gonna say yeah. it's like smell of vision on the zoom just saying no. um, <laughs> I mean, every orifice every orifice oh, oh god we've gone there you've mentioned orifice um but the certainty is aside from the brainwashing is is that really bizarre thing? And, and I had it with clients for the last two years, right? We've all navigated this uncertainty. I'm like, you didn't have any more certainty 
before COVID than you do now. Yeah. It's the perception that more is outside of my control. See, absolutely 99.9% is outside of your control in terms of certainty. So the chasing of that for me is the chasing of a myth that means that you're always outside of yourself. And if I could just to bring it back to property, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I need some certainty around the market before I invest in the next deal. Like, okay, I, I'll see you in, you know, two years when the market's and, yeah, good. The only certainty is uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, and, and it's not to say, again, it's not like, okay, if I just don't think I'm uncertain, then I'm going to be okay. It's actually just the recognition that the curiosity piece about, like, I can't wait to see what happens, whether it's in this podcast or in the next property deal, right? I can't wait to see what happens as a kind of mantra and then to see what happens after that. And then oh to see what God. happens after that, right? Because the unknown, I mean, who wants to be in the known? Order? I don't. I don't right. want to be there. No, that's boring. Who wants to be there? And I think most people that get into property don't because they end up being maybe a little bit, not naming names, bit of a black sheep, bit of a kind of misfit in terms of that they don't want to be in that what we might call a tradition and I had 15 years in banking I mean you know that traditional I'd say nine to five but it was more like nine till ten at night um nine in the morning just to be clear I was gonna say I was a very short working day (laughs) (laughs) it was mostly in the pub right mostly in the pub yes slash the airport lounge um but but that was you could say that that's you know, where I think people in property are sort of like, oh, it's not enough. Like there's something else and there's, I'm doing this because it's like friction. For those of you that are just listening, I'm rubbing my knuckles together, which sounds weird when I say it out loud, but it makes sense visually. But um, that it's that piece, right? That they're searching for something else and then weirdly trying to apply certainty to that thing that they know wasn't the thing that they wanted. So we just get ourselves mixed up. And then what I find happens and bearing in mind, this is what I do, right? Like I absolutely getting under the lid of human behavior is just, oh, delicious. Is we then make that really logical. It then feels very, very logical to make decisions about investments, to um, think about uh, people that we'll bring on as angel investors, to to um, communicate from that place or not communicate, you know, set boundaries or not set boundaries. All these motivation, which you were talking about, um, we then I call it flat Earth theory, right? It's like now that the Earth looks flat. And so the mind is doing what the mind is designed to do. And it's going to navigate that premise, which is that uncertainty can be locked down. I can create certainty. Uh, Things outside of my control are going to affect me. So now the the mind is navigating the edge, right? Whereas actually in our work, it's around earth. There is no edge. What's that? There is no edge. There's no edge, right, Matt? So actually the the way the premise shifts completely. So then when you're making decisions, then when you're communicating, then when you're problem solving, then when you're thinking about relationship management, then when you're considering motivation, saying no, setting boundaries, you know, doing presentations or um, you know, putting together a, a pitch for an investment. That's a very different literally landscape. Yeah. That the mind is then going to do what the mind's designed to do, navigate that. But until we shift the premise, 
then all you're doing is chasing self-development courses. And the next tip, the next trick, the next strategy, not property strategy, but strategy to navigate life outside of yourself, right? Because there's an edge. It's like, I get it, work, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Oh, that's the one, that's the one, that's the one. And I say that as like a self-confessed self-development junkie, <laughs> you know, for, for until I really came across this work, this real inside out understanding, the principles of how we are designed mm. as human beings to create this experience. Yeah, it's so much of what you're saying is like resonating. I think the, the, first and foremost, the thing about the nature of the property beast attracting that that person who kind of almost desires the uncertainty or is at least comfortable with the idea of not knowing because there's a certain sense of self-reliance that comes with being the more self-employed or entrepreneurial person that knows, you know what, I'll figure it out. And I think that, mm. that we naturally, yeah, just get drawn to an industry where we kind of have to figure it out. Whereas I think, you know, more, I think where people are now getting so educated around property it draws all sorts, you know, people who probably don't have that level of, of comfort with not knowing. Mm. And that's where you see the obstacles coming up again and again and again. And exactly like you say, like focusing on the edge and, and, and sort of, you know, that deferred kind of sense of gratification until they achieve something or they find the perfect deal or, and you're constantly living in like a state of abeyance, if that's, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're the enjoyment of the journey. Uh, the understanding of what's possible, the the thrill of dealing with a challenge because you have self-reliance and problem-solving abilities as a human being. And yeah, I think this is, I get really not pissed off, but I get so frustrated with people who come into property who have that whole kind of, oh, can you send me a template? Or can you just, can you just walk me through it again? And, you know, we're constantly going over theory. We're not doing. And yeah, it's, and I'm just like, well, just go out there. Just, just bloody do it you know and it, yeah you can't you can't be I like think, that I mean you can and you can make it about that and pl plenty of people do and that's their existence right and it, and it's anxiety driven and it's um full of worry and and they just believe that that's how life is is like it's hard right like it, there's a lot at stake um and, and that becomes their logic, right? So then, then it is. So then they're coming to you as a mentor or um, they're going to another course and they're looking for the next thing that's going to, to make that okay. But actually, the I think the other interesting thing about, because I'm also thinking about what drew us to property, but it's also, again, on the entrepreneurial side, is I think there's an exponential nature to humanity in general. Like there's an expansiveness and actually, that is one of the primal drivers. Um, and in fact, you were talking about motivation in your last episode. Is, is that as a motivator? Um, you've probably seen Dan Pink's talk on it, right? Like drive, the surprising truth about what motivates us. Yes. And I used to talk about that in my banking days. And I would literally be talking to our CEO. I worked for one of the investment banks over at Canary Wharf and saying, uh, spoiler alert, the surprise is it's not money. Like actually, um, mastery the idea of getting better, better and better at something is, is um, coded into our system, right? Otherwise we wouldn't have evolved um, from the neuroscience of things, as I like to say, but from the ancient wisdom of things, because that's where I live is at the apex of those two things, at the intersection of those two things. There is a sense of um, what, what is the, and we often talk about it from a banking perspective, right around what's the risk appetite 
but actually what what is what am I willing to risk? And the thing that I see a lot of is that people get into this industry because they're driven to either help themselves or help people that they love. Mm. All right. So there suddenly becomes this pressure of getting it right. Yes. Like get it right. Don't fuck it up, Gina. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. You know, I remember from being tiny, tiny, um, that I that was one of the things I used to be an actress before I was in banking because that's a natural segue. Oh, hey, listen, preaching to the choir, sis. Don't even worry about it. I see you, Joe, performance. Um, But the the idea is that, well, not the idea, what what one of my strongest memories of was not that, I mean, I, of course, wanted an Oscar. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, But it it was also, I had such a vision from really early on, given kind of my family background, that I was going to, I have eight siblings, that I was going to buy them all a house. Cute. Right? I was going to make sure they never had to worry about being homeless like they never had to worry about money in that way and I think that's something that drives a lot of people uh, to get into property Um, but it also can become the undoing because now something outside of you is dictating how you're making decisions so the pressure is like trying to make a decision with an elephant on your chest right but you think the elephant is driving you to make the decision because it's empowering me because it's the catalyst it's the thing that I'm overcoming really hard to freaking breathe with an elephant on your chest let alone make clear decisions from a place of calm Mm. centered well-being right and then so the potential mistakes start to happen and so I mean I say desperation but that sounds you know (laughs) very despondent but it might not be that but it can be right it's like the the chasing of the thing and there's a difference between um being driven from a place of of kind of calm focus the earth is round Mm -hmm. and chasing something before you get to the edge yeah right god that is that is literally the average property newbie journey i think you know nowadays um in the main it's exactly that and not just the newbies though because there's always there's always the next thing to learn like you talked earlier about uh, doing lots of different courses or whatever. You also have the same like course junkies in, in the property world where they're doing a service accommodation thing and then they'll go off and do a HMO one and then they're back and they're doing something else, developments or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're always looking for the next best thing um, mm-hmm. because they're they're they've never they've never focused or settled or yeah convinced themselves that one is the better is better than the other one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a recovering people-pleasing perfectionist. So, you know, like uh, uh, procrastinating people-pleasing perfectionist. So, you know, I, I get that, that sense of um, be better, Gita, like be better, like get it right, do it perfectly. Um, and, and, you know, oftentimes in my work, as well as from my own experiences, it comes with a kind of sense of being a high achiever. So again, it, we can get into this myth of flat earth of like, oh, that's how it is to be a high achiever. Mm, yeah that's how it is to to achieve greatness that's how it is to build wealth or impact in the world or whatever it is that is your story right that you're unlocking or is unfolding mm, but actually like, the unfolding nature is coming from the earth is round what are we going to say matt i say it feels like we don't need to ask the question what's the human side of property mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's been answered <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i 
for me, it's it, it is it, it's it's the the nature of human existence. You know, it, it's uh, what how are we creating the the experience? You know, within property, if we bring it back to that um, paradigm, right? Of of I'm a property investor, or I'm a property developer, or I'm a property newbie, or whatever you know label you want to put on there. Can you guess what I am? Um, is, is let me, and, and I often, um, I just had a coaching session this morning, actually, with one of the partners at a company I work with, and I had this out. It's like, we just get into the snowstorm of thinking, right? Whether you're a newbie or a seasoned property professional. Mm-hmm. And what I know to be true more than anything else is that once we let the thinking settle, Then from that place, and I remember that the earth is round and that I'm a whole well-being with innate resilience and an inner GPS designed to guide me on the next step. Hmm. Then I can do the thing that the self-help manuals say, like be present. You know, it's like, okay, great. Oh, fuck, I'm not being present. Be present, Gita, be present. <laughs> okay, be present. You know, and now I'm into a thing versus actually then I'm, I'm present hmm. in this moment, not, as I say, in the DeLorean. Hmm. You know, which I've done plenty of times before, really this deep understanding of the human experience um, came across my path several years ago was, oh, okay, right. I would be in the DeLorean. Shout out to Michael J. Fox if he's listening, just saying, you know, uh, big fan. He's a big fan. He's a huge fan. fan. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing okay in the property world. Um, But it is that DeLorean of actually you're either spending time in the past time, mental time travel, wishing that you'd done things differently. I mean, good. I could give you the list of 10 decisions I wish I'd made differently. Yeah. Or you're in the future of when this happens then, right? The if then algorithm that actually never plays out in real life of, you know, when this happens, then I'll be. And I did it on the personal side as well as a profession. When I'm this size, when I weigh this much, then this, you know, when I get to director level in banking, then this, when I have children, then this, when I have three bit by to let's then this. And so now we're in the DeLorean in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, neither of those places, as I see it personally and and professionally in my work are places that exist, which means there's zero possibility (laughs) (laughs) that I have zero control, that I have any control over what is going to actually occur and what what I can make a decision on, what I can, um, how well I can communicate in that moment with someone that I'm negotiating with or, or, you know, a shit storm that's happened and I'm trying to get someone to exit, you know, a tenancy. I'm thinking about the one that didn't go well and, oh, shit, I hope they don't react and I'm going to have to get the bailiffs in or I'm thinking about the the amount of money that's not going to be there in the pot at the end of the year if this person, if it doesn't get refilled, like, yeah yeah no and then that becomes flat earth then that's like yeah but it's hard yeah yeah but it's you know and of course I'm gonna wake wake up at three in the morning Gita because like there's shit at stake here yeah you know and then I'm like yeah I know because the earth is flat there's an edge yeah so there's some there's two things there that I'm sort of 
really picking up on in the context of, of property is like the first thing is that it's that internal compass that you mentioned and you know that that ability to kind of go inwards when you're so affected by the outwards right so that's that's the first thing and then the second thing is about that ability to almost surrender you know like that oh that it's almost like going like that and falling backwards isn't it you're, you're having to trust something that you cannot see and it's just yep. yeah exactly joe exactly yeah. and that piece of it is my greatest privilege as well as any of my coaches is that we get a, to be a catalyst for making what was invisible visible yeah and i'm not telling you anything to do right but actually making something that's invisible a little bit like the subtlety of like oh I see it and then to the point where with me it's just obvious when I'm in flat earth and when I'm in round earth right I mean if anyone came in now into this kind of what are they talking right. about <laughs> am I in middle earth where is my precious you know where's the thing um but it is that it is that is the journey of of the unfolding and 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 that's all if anyone is interested in this is I would just encourage you to do that is look for what I call the hidden constant that's been there your entire life mm. that has navigated that has adapted that has been resilient and it hasn't come from a freaking resilience course and I say that as someone that does emotional well-being and agility programs in organizations but we, this is what we teach. It's like, it's not outside you. Yeah. Is actually look to look for examples of that hidden constant. Yeah. And then remit, because it comes with a feeling. Oh, <sighs> preach. Love the feeling. Right. It, but right. it's, you know, when you want a property and you get the feeling, that feeling is, mm. your, is your compass, right? Exactly. It's what I call your, your piccolo. It's that little instrument that's not easily heard. I lived in LA for a while when I was making it as an actress. Thank you. Yes. Go, girl. Um, <laughs> not. I was rollerblading on Long Beach and pretending to be an actress and eating Ben and Jerry's every night. Um, but I would, uh, I loved them and they loved me. It was a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Um, but but that, that piece of actually that feeling was, um, you know, is really, really, sometimes subtle right that's the idea is it's that piccolo you know they have these the point about LA was the marching bands right there's a lot of noise in those marching bands but there's actually a very pure tiny can be tiny sounding instrument called a piccolo and you ask any of my clients and they'll talk about their piccolo because one firstly once you believe it's there mm. and that's why I'm saying look to the evidence don't listen to the crazy Australian girl with the difficult name Right. I see you, Matt. Matt. <laughs> um, but, but actually look to your, your own experience of that, that piccolo, because the noise doesn't stop because we are living in a noisy world because it isn't about just being zenned out and quietening my mind all of the time and just being present. And I'm in Nepal meditating 10 hours. Like we're living in a noisy world. Yeah. But I mean, we're listening to each other right now and there's noise going on like there's a school playground across the road you know there's noise wherever you are but we're able to focus in on this conversation because it's important mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with that piccolo mm. the noise might be there 
but actually that doesn't go anywhere. And the better I get at hearing it, the more likely it is that I'll act on it. Yeah. And the more I act on it, the more I realize that it has zero judgment. Yeah. It's not like you fucked up that last deal. Don't do this, Gita. Don't do this. It's too much money. Like just pull back on the strategy. There's zero judgment from my piccolo. Yeah. Zero. It's just like, that's why I call it the inner GPS. I mean, I don't know what your set nav's like, but mine isn't like, you fucking idiot. You should have gone <laughs> left at the roundabout like I told you to. And now we're on the fucking motorway going north when we should have been going south. You know, it's not, it's not, but somehow. I think it should be. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, my sat nav would be shouting at me constantly. <laughs> the kids. This is why I don't drive, you see. I don't want the abuse from GPS systems. <laughs> from the sat nav. Yeah. Right? Can you imagine, right? It's that, that's when I know I'm in flat earth. Because we yeah. often talk about inner voice, inner critic holding us back. But actually, it's just flat earth. It's like, oh, right. Oh, I'm, I'm listening to that navigation system totally logically because there's an edge but actually this one is just zero judgment and it's like oh yeah that sucked yeah so, what, then, what, so yeah. what song does your piccolo play so what song yeah i'll tell you what song my piccolo plays it plays pure imagination from willy wonka mm, very good oh, very good great song Come with me and you'll be in a world of my creation that's cool. Pure imagination. That's where life is better from pure imagination. That's ex- thank you for asking me that. It absolutely has a theme song. Yeah. <laughs> also, more, more recently, um, has uh, and I'm questioning whether I share my my like cheesy, yeah, I do. Um, musical yeah. taste is um, Defying Gravity from Wicked. Oh, yeah. Banger. You know, I'm, um, I'm through with second guessing. Too late to go back to sleep. Because that's what I often say to people is that it's okay. You're just, they're, they're asleep. Like they're just asleep. They're in flat earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think I'll try Defying Gravity. That's been yeah. playing. That's been playing in the soundtrack of my mind. Yes. <laughs> What's your piccolo? What's the theme of your piccolo, Matt? Is this your question now? Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> you can have more than one. I mean, yeah, we can think of that. I, want, I, I want more than one. Definitely yeah. that. <laughs> What's the theme of your piccolo? If you if you believe you have a piccolo, what would the theme song be? We're going to defer this to, to Joe. I, I, you, do that. you do this every time when it's tricky. <laughs> Go inwards. It's it's hard because some of the some of the well, it's not hard because the world's world's round. But um, in, in terms of the uh, the the piccolo, I think I can't hear the piccolo playing any of the songs I would play as a former musician. And yeah. Um, well, yeah, I've got an album coming out in September. Oh, nice uh, plug! Jeez, very man. cool. What's it called? Uh, the album's called Delirio. Delirio. Yeah, the band's I looking. I don't think bar. I knew that. Delirium. No, the album is called Delirio. Um, is, uh, is it like delirious without the ass? It's just you. There's no ass, just Delirio. Delirio, um, ask the singer. See what I did there, US? Yeah. No, nobody got it. It's okay. <laughs> I sort of got it, but it was sounded a bit too clever for me. I was just going, hang on, hang on, what? <laughs> it's Spanish. For what? What does it mean? Uh, delirious, yeah, you're right. Delirious, yeah. The album is called Delirio and uh, is out in, in September. Um, but yes, it's Afro-Cuban music. Mm, very cool. Well, maybe that will be 
the beat of yeah that's what i mean like, i can't really hear the, the, less the, the of a soundtrack yeah more of a beat yeah it, it, it is more of a beat for, for me it, it's you know the yeah and it often does and that's the feeling of it because and that's i think as a, as a piano player um yeah it's a percussion and a melodic instrument so it's about the rhythm and and the harmony so um yeah i love that that feeling matt that's that's the piccolo right that's the the feedback mechanism for our consciousness is feeling otherwise it's abstract thought right like we have feelings for a reason as human beings and music yeah. is so evocative of that right yeah without a doubt yeah yeah so we'll be seeing we're seeing all of you at the launch gigs then yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yeah bring your piccolo yeah i think you'll be drowned out by the trumpets <laughs> i'll always hear it i'll always hear it <laughs> jay, jay what's what, what's your piccolo playing Oh God, mine's so camp. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's Sissy That Walk by RuPaul um, because- Always is. It always is. You know, that's my go-to song. Um, and it's like, it's a, it's a song that just, I not only resonate with the lyrics, but it just, you know, when you would just line up with it, you line up with the whole feel of a song like mm -hmm. the energy of it, the vibration of it, the vibe of it. Like there's just something about it. Every time I hear it, I just can't help, but just that you start, it just does something to me. I start physically reacting to it and my mood changes. And yeah, it's, it's a song. It's just, it's the one that's the, that's the I vibe. Love that. Yeah. Lining, right. That feeling of, ah, oh. and we'll often, when we are coming from our piccolo, we'll use words like that. It's like, it just felt very aligned for me. Yes. Or it was a no-brainer because yeah. this hundred trillion neural pathways didn't get in the way. Yeah. Which, by the way, as you know, Joe, I absolutely adore. You know, that's my my research and qualifications are in neuroscience. Like I adore this beast that lives in the dark that's never seen the light of day. It doesn't know what a dog is, but it knows what a dog is. But actually, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Right, you just have to dance because it's aligned. So it's going to something much deeper than this, which is important as part of the human experience. Yeah. But there's so much more that we're drawing on than, than the machinery that's then processing that consciousness. Yeah, no, definitely. There's something about it. It just, it, I use it sometimes when I, when I do public speaking stuff, especially to a property audience, about when that song comes on, about stepping into themselves, you know, and, and kind of, you know, walking with that vibe that they want to um, embody you know, as a human being when they're conducting themselves in property. And there's something about it. It's got a very catwalk rhythm to it. So, you know, getting people to strut across the main stage to sit yeah. in just works, you know, and people <laughs> really get into it. And it just, there's just something about it. It's just brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I think, and I want to hear Niles, but the thing that occurred to me as you were talking then, Joe, is also the idea that it's okay not to strut. Absolutely. Like it's okay to be curled up under your duvet and go, God, this is really fucking hard. Yeah. But what we do is we attach permanence to that feeling. Yes. And we forget that it's like black clouds that just pass by. Yeah. And a feeling will only last as long as a thought. Absolutely. Oh, God. It's like, this is another thing as well. So, so, sorry, no, we're going to get to your song. <laughs> but people attach happiness. I don't think he minds. <laughs> yeah, he has a thought on it. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think people attach happiness to the outcome of their property journey. Yeah. You no, know, right. So it's like 
you know, they're sort of saying, oh, when I get to, you know, X amount of properties in my portfolio, this is what you were saying before, you know, I'll, I'll be happy. And it's like, but happiness is not a sustainable state. You, you can't be happy. And, you know, if I actually looked at my property history and my journey through property, I mean, I'm not, happiness isn't the first word that springs to mind. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'd like to change the, I mean, there's so many words um, that I'd like to eradicate. Happiness isn't one of them, but I'd like to change the conversation from happiness to fulfillment. Yes. Oh, right. It's Ooh. like, do I feel fulfilled today? Not, and you know, with my kids as well. It's not like, um, are you happy, darling? It's like, you feel, I mean, my kids can imagine seven and five, this as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I They're like my little guinea pigs. I mean, my husband has, has a fair amount of involvement as well. He's like a guinea pig for me as well. Don't you? <laughs> You may listen to this. I'm going to stop talking now. No, I'm still going. Um, it, it's that thing of I, how, you know, what, and I'll, we'll ask clients that, you know, the weekly accountability check-in is what fulfilled you this week. Yeah, love that. And like, what are the three actions you took? But what fulfilled you? Like, there's data there to mine then. Mm. Then there's something. Because fulfillment, again, is like the inner GPS without the judgment. It's not like, oh. well, how happy was I? Yeah. It, it's it's I mean there's a whole formula that that um you know my clients are kind of privy to the unfolding of but that idea I think Joe is what you're talking about is yeah I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it on and strut but actually it's okay if, if I don't want to strut because the human experience is not meant to be one that's la la unicorns and rainbows as much as you know my five-year-old and I adore unicorns and rainbows it's the not minding that it's one way or the other yes yes and that that is that's the liberation yeah from the judgment right yeah yeah i love that oh and again that's like a surrender thing isn't it to to the what's happening is happening and i will i will just navigate through it because i trust myself and i can and i've got the ability to and yeah not in a cliche bumper sticker way that's the thing for me it's like look for the hidden constant yeah like look for it yourself because there's a knowing you didn't step out into the road because I don't know there was just something that was like oh yeah like you have a knowing that is designed with signals in it to alert you to what it is that the machinery then needs to give attention to yeah right it's the design is immaculate it's design yeah, yeah. it's beautiful and it plays out in every aspect flat of earth. Life, doesn't it right? you're in the flat earth sorry joe I was just gonna say it just plays out in so many aspects of your life it's all Helen and Helen Chorley and I talk about this all the time over dinner we get into like you know Helen and I (laughs) but you know what it's like red flag territory where you're starting to think about you know those red flags are kind of instinctively what you're detecting um you know and it's that's informed by intuition and part of that is informed by experience but it's like it's a thing that you can almost tangibly tap into it can't you it's yeah. That's the design of the system. The feeling is the feedback mechanism for whether it's coming from my piccolo or whether it's coming from flat earth. Is it coming from insecure thinking? Because that has a tight feeling normally associated with anxiety, fear, depression, worry, anger, guilt, disappointment. Like that's, oh, I'm in flat earth. Yeah. What I call insecure thinking when I'm insecure thinking and I'm in my wisdom, I'm listening to my piccolo, the same shit is happening. Yeah. And what does it sound like for Niall? Tell us, Niall. <laughs> I think it, it sounds like the, um, the sound of silence. It's a Simon and Garfunkel song, but my, my favourite version is by uh, a guy, band called Disturbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that is a song that I could literally play on repeat all day long. And I'm in my happy place. 
Beautiful. The sound of silence. I know. Sound of silence. Yeah. I saw him, Paul Simon, play in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, which was like coming home to the genius that is right there in Brooklyn. Amazing. Special. Yeah. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, should we should we wrap up with a game of episode roulette? We can. I'm I'm armed and ready, so I'm not actually. I'm, I haven't actually logged in, so just give me two seconds. <laughs> I'll get my professional shit together. So uh, here we go. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. What's this podcast uh, called? Oh yeah, podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So the way this works, we'll explain to our listeners. If you're a first time listener, hello, welcome to the Property Jam world. Uh, what we do is for every guest that we have on, we uh, play a game of episode roulette where we uh, scroll through previous episodes and we get our guests to say stop at random and whatever episode we land on, we ask them what the hu- what their human perspective on that topic is. Okay. So Gita, are you ready? I am ready. She was born ready. For I was going to say, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. I am scrolling. Say stop when you're ready. Stop when you're ready. <laughs> Oh my god, that was such a dad joke. I loved it. It's great. No, I'm gonna start dancing soon. Yeah. <laughs> you you and Matt should really share notes on these dad jokes. Oh, I'm coming to the album launch and I, there will be dad dancing care of me. Oh yes. <laughs> to be fair, I'd come to see that probably more than Matt's music. <laughs> I love you, Matt. Your music's incredible. You're very talented. Right, okay, so we've landed. We landed on episode 15, Are Your Family Invested? So when we did this episode, it was all around people in your life. So normally your nearest and dearest supporting you or even, you know, being part of the journey with you in property. Is that something you can speak to? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because... um... My, I'm one of nine and most of my siblings are back in Australia except one brother who lives here most of the year and then he spends the rest of the time in Australia. So one, definitely from a family perspective. So it's, a you know, the property business is definitely Tim and I, my husband and I. Um, but what I realised was, um, so I was lucky because I had that support and I know a lot of people in property are kind of trying to do it and, and you know, the people in their families might be like, no, it's crazy, it's too much of a risk, don't do it. So I, I was well, instead of lucky, I always say grateful, um, grateful for that. Uh, it might have taken his risk appetite a little few more bites of the uh, proverbial property bun to kind of get into it. But even today, actually, he's downstairs looking at auction properties as we speak. There you go. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's also the trust piece. It's like, I don't know what's going to unfold and what's going to happen. And now he's like, oh, um, but interestingly, what came to my mind when you said that, Joe, was I tried to sell my dream to my brother Hmm. he's incredible he's uh, done up his entire house like he's he could be a builder if he wanted to be I don't know who wants to be a builder but um, I say that with builders outside at the moment but plenty of people want to be a builder but there was this piece of me that was and this was before I really understood this stuff was like, oh, you could do this. And, and I know now when I'm out of flat of um, round earth, because when I use words like should, 
Mm. I know I'm not in my piccolo at all because I'm like, you should be doing this. You should have a look at property. You should invest. You should buy an investment place. You should leverage your equity in your house. You should, you should, you should. So then it, to the question about are your family invested, I was like, you should be doing that. Um, and I will tell you, he ended up investing in two of the deals that we are still in that are total fucking shit shows. <laughs> total shit shows that we may never get our money back from. Oh, babe, it sucks, but the lesson. Uh, right? Mm. It's like, okay, I'm either in the DeLorean or I'm here with yeah. you right now. Um, so that for me was, just for me personally, I, you know, I didn't know how the listeners, kind of how that plays out for them, but but it was that revelation of like, oh, actually not everybody's dreams are my dreams. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Everyone has a right Hang to on. opinion. Um <laughs> is oh okay like there that's okay that that's not his journey even though it's clear as day that this 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 is right so um i think i think that's quite an important thing to realize because um it i think when you get something excited by something you want others to be excited by it too and go this is the best thing to do and 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 i think you're right it's like yeah you should be doing this you should be doing that but you you can't set their aspirations, their expectations, their their goals for them, uh, and that was a realization that that I have and continue to have as well with managing people, um, which is not an ongoing kind of internal battle to go. Okay, they they work a different way. There's yeah, and just kind of understanding that mm. um, that side of things. That's really back to kind of the idea of Piccolo. Once you understand, you have your own. And bearing in mind, I do a lot of leadership development work. Is is there? Then you know that they do. So then the conversation with them becomes something very, very different, rather than you know what might end up being micromanaging and things like that. Um, the the other part of that, as you were just speaking, that occurred to me is oftentimes there is, and I've had those conversations with friends in property as well of like, yeah, but I want them to be excited for me. I want them to be on board. I need Mm. him or her to believe in me. Like I'm just not getting the the support that I need. Mm. Now we're back to outsourcing our wellbeing Mm. to someone else's either approval or, well, yeah, approval in the form of support generally yeah not always but the approval right so when I come back to that and I go oh the earth is not flat wait a minute I'm completely whole and I don't need anything outside of myself to navigate this or anything else in my life Um, and then I'll tell you what happens this is just the most divine part of my work is that when I sit down into that place or we do as human beings not the permission, but the settling that happens for the other person mm. when you're coming from that place of calm, centered, grounded piccolo, mm. watch out because that's when things change. Whether it's tangible for the other human being, it's tangible for you because when you change, the thing that you're looking at changes. Oh, amen. I mean, God. Yes. Can I get an amen? Oh, yeah. Listen, whole <laughs> situation. And Absolutely. And on that note, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to say amen to this particular episode. Oh, very good, Matt. Very yeah, good. Well done. Well done. Uh, so, so thank you very much, uh, Gita, 
for being with Chicken us. Chicken down, chicken down, Dean for being with us um, uh, today. And if someone wants to reach out and connect with you, how what's the best way for them to get to uh, you? You can have a look at uh, highdefinitionnew.com uh, is the company, or just find me under LinkedIn or Instagram. Hopefully, maybe you'll put the links under this because it's a pretty complicated name to spell out. How do you, how do you, how do you <laughs> say it? <laughs> and, and to say, uh, Kitanjali. Close, Kitanjali. Kitanjali. Yes, yes, <laughs> they're so lucky. Got there at the end. Well, on that, on that note, thank you very much. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on, on the next, next episode, episode.